Hello, everybody. Welcome to today's edition of the One Million by One Million podcast. I am here today with Sarbvir Singh from Waterbridge Ventures. Sarbvir, welcome to the show. Hi, Shamana. Thanks. Nice to be on the show. So tell us about Waterbridge Ventures and what um, what are your activities? Where are you positioning the fund? How big is the fund? Let's get to know you. Sure. So Waterbridge is a three-year-old fund. Uh, we are a specialist early-stage investor in technology companies. Uh, the fund was started by my partner Manish and me together. Uh, our thesis is very straightforward. We believe that India is at the cusp of a major digital revolution in terms of access, in terms of devices, in terms of consumers getting used to, uh, to digital ways of doing things. And finally, incomes are rising in the country. So we believe this is a great time to be an early-stage investor in India. We believe that technology will disrupt large industries, and that's what we really focus on. We focus on real sectors, financial services, education, logistics, uh, healthcare, and uh, we are we tend to be the first institutional investor in startups, and we help uh, entrepreneurs on, on their journey at the at the very beginning. Okay, so um, let me double click down on on a few points. Uh, what is the size of the fund, firstly? Our first fund is $30 million. Uh, we are almost uh, three quarters invested from the first fund. We've made 16 mm-hmm. investments. We've had one exit. And we are sort of now thinking about what comes next. Okay. And what check sizes do you like to write? So we do three kinds of deals, seed, pre-series A and series A. Our seed deals are anywhere between $200,000 to $400,000. Our pre-Series A deals tend to be anywhere between 700,000 to a million, and then our Series A checks are, you know, between three and four million. Okay, and um, how do you define, from a validation point of view, how do you define seed? How do you define pre-Series A? How do you define Series A? What are you looking for in terms of proof points and metrics in those uh, specific cases? Sure. Yeah, so a seed deal is, is fairly straightforward. Uh, there's, uh, you know, one of two things happen. Either the founder is somebody who has, you know, either done it before or has a very clear point of view, and we share that point of view and we are willing to back him or her at that moment. Uh, more normally what happens is that it's an area that we are interested in, but we are not sure about the timing, so we want to start with a small check and see whether it develops or not. Uh, mm-hmm. So those are the two kinds of seed deals that we do. Uh, Pre-Series A is more traditional. Uh, it's typically somebody who's raised some capital, who has some proof of concept, uh, may not have a team, a full team yet. Uh, but uh, again, you know, there's a shared vision and there's a conviction that they are on the right track. Uh, so those are more, more traditional. And then Series A is, a, you know, a, a clear situation where there is a proof of concept, there is a reasonable team in place, and there we are really providing capital to grow a concept, which is proven. Uh, given the size of our fund, we can't do too many Series A deals by ourselves, so most of our Series A deals are either as co-investments with our limited partners or shared with other funds. So, um, in the case where you said so people have raised some money before, just raising money doesn't qualify people for another round of funding. There needs to be some performance metrics. 
I was more interested in understanding what those are. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, raising money is, is as you know, I mean, has, has very little meaning by itself. Yeah, I think exactly. what I, yeah, what I meant was that uh, in those situations, they have the resources to have, you know, build something out there. So there's a real product. Uh, there are some real customers. Uh, in some cases, they may be paying customers. In B2C situations, they may not be paying, but we, we see high engagement with those, uh, with the initial cohort of customers. And again, it's a, it's, it's kind of, and, and you know, there are two kinds of situations. One is that they are going along the right track and, you know, they need, uh, you know, some money to uh, kind of prove the concept out further. And the second is a situation where, you know, they just need more time. I mean, many times what happens is that entrepreneurs, you know, businesses don't come in neat packages, right? That everyone, you no, know, No, not at all. You're telling me. Yeah. Tens of thousands of these. Yeah. So, so what happens is that, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, a founder starts off and, you know, is making, has certain expectations in terms of timing, in terms of, uh, you know, uh, positive reception from the market. And it just doesn't happen that way. And they need more time and maybe, you know, uh, more money to prove that thesis out. So, yeah. so in those cases, we, we step in and we, you know, uh, we, we also pride ourselves on being relatively independent thinkers. So, you know, our view is not formed by whether or not somebody else is doing something or not. Our view is formed by whether we believe in something or not. And if we believe and if we believe that the founder is, you know, is somebody that we trust, is, is competent and is doing a good job, then, you know, we are willing to back them even when others, you know, may feel that the business is not going anywhere. And, and mm-hmm. I can give you some examples. We've had actually a lot of success in one or two situations where, uh, Actually, the company had raised a lot of capital, reasonable capital. Things mm-hmm. were not going well. And most other funds were saying, well, you know, uh, nothing much happening here. Why should we come back into it? And we said, it doesn't matter. We'll maybe give you less money than you raised the last time around. But we believe that you can prove something out. And sure enough, in, in many cases, those guys have gone on to, you know, do bigger and better things. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, there's one thing um, that I always look at is... Uh, for enterprise deals, just getting a meeting takes three months or six months. So those are really hard to validate in a very short time window. The runway required to often get to the real validate. Even if you have something, just getting through that cycle of enterprise validation is a very lengthy process. Absolutely. And sometimes, you know, the product itself requires work. You know, many times yes. uh, also. In this whole... Uh, this desire to do everything very fast, right? Many times what happens is that the product is not ready. And in an enterprise situation, if your product is not ready, then, you know, it just doesn't work. So so we do believe sometimes that, you know, like I said, it doesn't come in neat packages. And if it takes more than 12 months or 18 months, it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. So uh, you do both B2B and B2C from what I'm hearing, yes? Yes, we do both. Uh, Our... I would say about three-fourths of our deals are B2C uh, and about one-fourth are B2B. Um, but, yeah, we, we look at both. I mean, we uh, our evaluation process is fairly straightforward. We, you know, we focus on the founding, founding team, the founder, really, and we, you know, want to make sure that the founder has the competence, has a, has a deep understanding of the problem. Uh, and the third thing is that we also believe in the problem. I think those are the three key issues for us and 
you know if those are satisfied then uh, we are willing to learn a new sector or focus on a new sector and and get there uh, okay so so, we, that's so let's uh, let's double click down on some of your companies that you have funded and and as you talk about them um talk about what uh, situation were they in when you got involved what stage and what kind what did they have by way of proof points or thesis or whatever that you resonated with and let's start with the one that you've already exited um sure. yeah so the company that we've already exited is uh, called an academy it's a very successful business it's, uh, it's continuing to grow very rapidly uh, they uh, gorov and roman founded the company as a platform uh where they said that there are a lot of content creators in india and there are a lot of people who want to access that content but there is no platform for them to access it and partly it was also their own story because uh, you know gorov had put some uh, videos together on youtube and he got you know a fantastic response and similarly roman is very interesting guy he was a ias officer i mean a doctor at aims first uh, graduated from aims and then he was a ias officer so i think you know when he put together some stuff on the civil services that was also very well received so i think they took the view that if our stuff is so well received then there must be many other educators you know whose uh, stuff can be well received we invested in them it was actually the first check from our fund uh, it was a relatively small check for us it was a early round where it was mostly high profile angels uh, and us and our you know again our thought process was straightforward that these guys had uh, you know uh, both of them were very aggressive as well as had good understanding of what they were doing they had actually put themselves out there i mean it takes something to leave the civil services and you know uh, start a business uh, they had uh, the early metrics on their uh, videos were very good and at that stage frankly that you know all there was um, there wasn't any uh, revenue or any even proof points around other educators i mean those were starting to come when we when we met them and uh, of course um, you know they actually that business was kind of like a rocket ship it it scaled very rapidly uh, several funds invested after us nexus self uh, sequoia and uh, you know we ended up exiting in a series i think it was series c round um, where we really felt that you know we had we had done what we could and at this stage it was we were just a financial investor in the business i see so you exited in two follow on funding rounds that's correct we exited in two rounds after us yeah so i have two questions before we go to another example out of this example so firstly um it sounds like you are okay with the media business model can you elaborate on that because uh, there's a lot of discussion on this topic in the investor circles and a lot of investors do not like the advertising business model at this point so what is your uh, analysis of that so let me first uh, explain that unacademy doesn't have a advertising business model their business model actually which is just starting now is around subscriptions so what they've done is now that they have a deep uh, sort of uh, body of content they are saying that if you want access to the premium layer then you know you have to pay for it so it's a premium their, content yes yeah so it's a kind of like a premium plus subscription model uh i think from a media perspective you know i have a background in the media business i my first vc experience was with a fund called capital 18 which i founded with a media group which is network 18 and network 18 was a partner in india for cnbc cnn and then we had a joint venture with viacom so i had you know exposure to both news entertainment television films 
you know radio and stuff like that so mm-hmm. i mean uh, at least uh, speaking for us uh, we do believe in the i mean i think it's very tough to say that you shouldn't believe in the media business model i think the challenge is that you need a certain kind of scale and engagement uh and the sort of structure of the industry has to be right for you to make money and that's why i think a lot of people are concerned about advertising models uh but i think the way it's working in the digital world is that you know models especially if you and you know we uh, look at as much as we look towards the us we also look towards china as uh, sort of uh, inspiration for us and there you can see that the business models are actually quite complicated there is advertising there may be some subscription there may be some you know games uh, sort of going on in some corner so i think it's that's the kind of model we believe will work in india too where you have to have a mix of uh, mix yeah mm-hmm. that's yeah. my impression as well the pure advertising business models are not venture scale opportunities that, often that, that is true because you know just the size of the market is like that yeah okay and the second question i had from your previous answer was um uh what is your analysis of the trend of small funds like yourselves who are doing the early stage investments exiting into the later rounds of financing is that a do you see that as a trend happening a lot in the indian uh, ecosystem right now yeah i think uh, we look at it in two ways uh, it is definitely a trend i think in the last two years it is probably uh, after the emergence of reliance geo you know which brought up, brought a lot of this access revolution in india i think this mm-hmm. is the second most important vc sort of positive trend that is happening it's partly driven i think it's a global trend to some extent because you know when you have 100 billion dollar funds for people like softbank they act as a you know almost like an exit vehicle right so instead of yes. like you you can no question yeah and when that happens it goes down the chain right so other funds also then step in and say that okay we'll also you know um, sort of uh, buy buy other uh, you know people lower in the cap table out Uh, so i think it's it's a global trend in india it's a very important trend because you know ipos in india even you know tougher than they are anywhere else in the world it just takes a long time the domestic markets are not receptive to loss making businesses uh, so i think ipos are few uh, even the domestic uh, companies don't buy that much in terms of startups and stuff like that although that's changing a bit so i think secondary sales are a big part of exit opportunities and again you know we've uh, if you look at our fund and if you look at my partner manish and me we've been in this business for a long time so so we do understand the importance of looking at this business as you know we have to look after the founders but we also have to look after our investors and yeah uh, without, absolutely without, and, and i think the lack of exit issue has plagued india uh, for a long time so the fact that these uh, practices best practices are kind of settling in is a good thing otherwise the market is going to get choked right absolutely the market is going to get choked and i we also believe that in the concept of a right size fund uh, now candidly 30 million you know was our first fund and we we just wanted to get it out there and you know start investing rather than spending you know 2 3 years trying to raise money but i also believe that that you know in india you cannot just apply the us model so in in the us a 300 or 400 million dollar fund is perhaps the right size you know for a early stage fund but in india a 300 or 400 million dollar fund is is even today too large to just too large. you know do early stage because you have to return you know three to four times that money so yeah. we believe that somewhere in the let's say 70 to 100 million dollar range 
is a good size for India, where you have to return three four hundred million. And if you do the math, you you can still get by by having outcomes which are you know three four five hundred million dollars rather than having to depend on this massive outcome of you know billions of dollars, which you know will be few and far between. So I think uh, our you know. A, the timing of our fund and our experience suggests that we have to think about exits and we have to think about the size of the fund because we believe that this business model of trying to always, you know, have very large funds and make money out of the fees is not a business model which is sustainable and will not last into the future. So we would rather back ourselves. We would, you know, like to believe that we can, you know, generate capital returns and, uh, you know, move in that direction rather than, you know, just increasing the size of our fund. Well, if you play the the real game of trying to return money uh, in multiples of investors' investment, then you can actually play that game in many stages of the venture capital ecosystem. Just like you with your thirty million dollar fund, you've played that game. There, I mean, you can play that game even with uh, small funds because there. Are, you know, there are different kinds of opportunities. If you haven't already, read my bootstrapping to exit series of articles. These are, there are very interesting companies uh, getting sold for very interesting numbers. We have a company from our portfolio that just, you know, 10 days or so back sold for $60 million. And this is a bootstrap company, two guys. And basically, there is no outside money, but you could also look at scenarios where there is a little bit of outside money. There may be a million, two million, five million in outside capital where with 50, 60 million exits, you can still make a very good return. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think directionally we are we are totally with you. I think we, we believe that, you know, uh, just focusing on size and, you know, capital uh, sort of hungry businesses is not the, is not the right solution always. And uh, like I said, we, we want to right-size our funds. I think there is also the reality of running a fund and there is a certain cost to it. So I think you've got to get both, you know, both sides right. And I'm sure there are different, you know, solutions uh, that people can arrive at depending on their perspective. But our view is that, you know, uh, right-size fund, focus on early stage, focus on what you know with high conviction bet. The other thing is that unlike many other uh, or some other early stage funds, I should say. We don't do, you know, a spray and pray kind of approach. Uh, in our first fund, we made 16 investments. We are probably going to make one or two more, but, you know, that's where we are going to end. And uh, we believe that, you know, a model where you focus on things that that you have some knowledge about, where you back your entrepreneurs over multiple rounds, and where you, you know, um, have, uh, you know, a reasonable uh, exit uh, sort of scenario is is a is a very feasible alternative, and mm -hmm. uh, that's that's the kind of you know uh, fund we have we built. And you know, Touchwood, our first fund is doing quite well, and I think we are on our way to proving that thesis out. What about uh, other companies that you've invested in? Maybe uh, talk about another one or two highlights of your portfolio. Sure. Uh, one of the companies that we were the first institutional investor is a company called Ziplon. Uh, they are in the lending business. They make mm -hmm. loans of about uh, five lakhs, so which is you know probably ten thousand dollars or even less than that, eight thousand dollars, to uh, you know what we call MSMEs, which are really small enterprises. Uh, these could be 
shops, these could be uh, small traders, small manufacturers, people running coaching institutes, or you know any small services business. This is traditionally a space which has not been served in India because the cost to serve is very high. So mostly these people borrow from informal sources where they pay very high rates of interest. Uh, the team that came together was interesting. One of them had banking experience. Uh, and the other person had a technology background, and uh, you know we they had again they had very small metrics they had lent very small amount of money but we believed in their approach their approach was very sound in terms of both looking at it from a financial perspective a credit perspective as well as a tech perspective they had some uh, interesting ideas on how they could evaluate credit in this uh, in this segment and you know they had a, a three day proposition that they would give a loan in three days. Uh, which you know they were sort of meeting, and uh, uh, you know the uh, and we went in, and the business has scaled again tremendously. Uh, Matrix Partners did their Series A, and recently Sef did their Series B, and but more importantly than the capital that they raised, uh, they have been efficient in terms of lending. They they have they, they lever up their balance sheet as a good financial institution should, and the NPAs are you know sub three percent. Which is very good for this segment. I mean, the banks report NPAs of you know 15 to 20 percent in this segment, and I think we are on our way to building a really large business. And what kind of interest rates uh, do they charge? They charge in the 20s. I mean, early 20s. Mm -hmm. And what um, what data sets? So this business, the lending business, it's actually a very big trend globally right now. Um, even in the U.S., there are lots of different kinds of lending businesses, lending to small businesses, lending to consumers, you know, payday loans kind of stuff. There's all kinds of things going on, loans against paychecks and, and so forth. So what, um, what data sets are um, they using to evaluate loans? So first, I'd like to just differentiate from some of the kinds of businesses that you spoke uh, spoke about. See, in, in the U.S., there is a, a lot of lending to subprime customers because after the financial crisis in 2008, a lot of people sort of you know vacated that space. So there's a lot of lending to subprime. There's a lot of this, like you said, payday kind of lending and stuff like that. But we are not doing that. What we are saying is that these no no you you're lending to I'm just giving um, I was just talking about the yeah. trend of various kinds of lending businesses not just subprime customers in the U S what's happening if you look at QuickBooks financing it's into its product and they are lending to small businesses that use QuickBooks online and the data set they're using sure. to evaluate the loans is QuickBooks data so that's a proprietary sure. data set that nobody else has any access to it's an unfair advantage that Intuit has. So they have launched this this uh, service and it's doing very well. So that's that was my question. Like, what is the data set okay. that gives you that unfair advantage in this case? Yeah. So as I said, our uh, thesis, our diploma thesis here is that they are focused on finding customers who have good credit uh, but have not been recognized as such because credit bureaus, etc., are still new in that segment in India. Uh, they use a variety of traditional uh, sort of metrics, which is uh, you know their financials and uh, banks bank history in terms of deposits and you know what all that they do. Second data set that they use is the history of the person because in many cases you are actually there's a, it's a single proprietor type of business. So you see the history of that person using their uh, SMS data. 
as to mm-hmm. what you know what are the credits what are their debits what are their utility bill behavior what is their you know uh, sort of behavior in other financial uh, transactions and then we layer on top of that anything else that is available out there and like for instance for a restaurant it could be their rating history uh, it could be the reviews that they get uh, you know for coaching institutes it could be again reviews it could be the you know uh, history in terms of their uh, number of students and stuff like that so it's, so it's a bunch of some things are fixed for everybody and then there is for different segments they look at it in different ways and try to you know evaluate those people okay um so what are the trends like you said that you are there are certain problems that you're interested in solving that where you believe there are venture scale opportunities can you outline your version or your vision of what are some of these big problems that you are looking for entrepreneurs to solve sure uh, so i think there are uh, i think the first thing we have to recognize is that india is not like a single homogeneous country i think there are a you know variety of indias that exist there is an india of maybe 20 to 30 million people who are extremely well off who could whose lifestyle could be compared with anywhere else in the world and you know they, their tastes and expectations and aspirations are like those people then there is you know what is usually called a middle class in india which is the next maybe 100 150 million people and then there is you know another 300 million people who are uh, doing something and then there are 500 million who are you know really uh, poor so i think you we believe that you have to look at uh, these segments in different ways and address their sort of opportunities in, in different ways uh, let me give you a simple example like let like the concept of time uh, for the people who are relatively well off the concept of time is that they want to save time so they want to buy things quickly they want to have services which are you know available on the uh, in an instant on a click and stuff like that so which is very similar to what you know uh, i guess people like them do everywhere in the world then there is a bunch of people for whom saving time is not really the key issue their main issue is to spend time now these people are you know for instance uh, let me give you a very uh, typical example of share chat which is not one of our investments but you know they came up on this idea of saying that people want to share things on whatsapp so we should give them a place from where they can get that content and share that now this is not a business which would you know make sense to most people but in the indian context when you think that they want to spend time it makes sense casual mm-hmm. games is another area where you know we are seeing the uh, emergence of yeah, entertainment businesses basically yeah so so i think video on demand all of those things these things are what i consider in the spending time category so we believe that there is a saving time opportunity there is a spending time you know opportunity as well uh second area that we believe is 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 very interesting and is uh, sort of coming up which uh, people are have been talking about is as this new india emerges right the next 2 300 million people are coming online or have come online but still their activity levels are not as as high these people need a different type of approach and handling than the first you know 20 or 50 million people here you know you could uh, these people are many times for them video is far more effective than any other medium you know they use voice for search they use uh, they youtube is a big deal for them so there you know there are opportunities where you can use video to communicate to you know uh, provide solutions where you know text would be a normal uh, solution so so that a second you know type of business that we are interested uh, third uh, business which we are interested in what we call thin uh, businesses 
Now, what I mean by that is traditionally in India in the last, let's say, decade, you know, full stack businesses are businesses that have worked. What I mean by that is that if you look at Amazon in India, not only does it sell stuff, it delivers stuff, it, you know, mm -hmm. uh, provides uh, your financing, everything. Now, other approach to that is to say that now there are already people who are used to buying stuff online, who are used to, you know, working online. These people have high income. And what can we do to build, you know, more uh, sort of services and products for them, which are, you know, um, which they'll pay for and stuff like that. So we believe that there is an opportunity in, in, in that segment as well. So I mean, these are some themes that, that we look at. Uh, but as I said to you before, our focus is very much founder-driven as opposed to theme-driven. But obviously, you know, everyone has certain uh, views and visions that they want to back as well. Very good. Excellent conversation, Saraji. Um, I'm very much looking forward to uh, covering some of this, uh, the insights that you've provided, but also uh, sending you some entrepreneurs that you may want to uh, talk to, and uh, let's see if we can do some work together. Absolutely. We would love that. Audience, thank you for listening today. We will be back again with another edition of the One Million by One Million podcast. In the meantime, you know there are working sessions, the free public roundtables where you can bring your projects and whatever it is that you need help with, and we will work on your businesses, strategize, and figure out what, uh, what may be interesting strategic moves that you can make. Speak soon. Bye-bye.